Hi everyone, Tim Kitzer here from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you're listening to Throwing Up the Same with Trayvon Edwards and Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka. And now here's your starting lineup. Trayvon Edwards, Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka. And we're joined by uh, a close friend. Uh, this dude should have been on the show a long time ago, but that's probably my fault. Uh, we're joined by Nick DePaula. What's going on? What's up? I never got the invite till last week, so here we are. <laughs> here you go. Yes. Well, welcome to the show. Nick DePaula is an ESPN feature writer and video host at the boardroom. Nick has been covering the sneaker game for 15 years and was a former editor-in-chief at Soul Collector. You can go check out his new show, The Sneaker Game, on Boardroom and check out his interview with Jay Balvin on ESPN+. And now it's time for the one or the two with Jay Skills. Rain or snow? Rain. I live in Portland, so that's easy. <laughs> 45 degrees or 95 degrees? I'm going 45. I always joke anything over 84 is too hot for me. I'm a wuss. So. <laughs> uh, Doug Christie or Vlade Divac? Oh, uh, I'm going to say Vlade. I, I, was a, I grew up in Sacramento, so Vlade was always one of my favorite guys. Jason Williams or C-Webb? Jason Williams over everybody. I love C-Webb, though. <laughs> Mike Bibby or Bobby Jackson? Uh, I'm going Bobby Jackson on that. San Jose or San Francisco? San Francisco, for sure. Oakland or the town? Uh, I call it Oakland, but I, I'm, I always say I'm, I can't claim I'm from the Bay. I'm from Sacramento, so I'm going to just call it Oakland respectfully. <laughs> um, Niners or Raiders? I don't watch any football, but uh, I'm going to say Niners. My grandma always wore a, a Niners jacket for the last 35 years, so I'm going to go Niners. Sharks or Kings? Uh, uh, sharks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll pick something that you do know. Jordan 3 <laughs> or Jordan 4? Uh, Jordan four. Uh, what's your favorite one of the fours? I would just say the black cements. Uh, I mean, I love the purple Travis's cause I love purple, but a black cements, you can't go wrong with those. Jordan one or Jordan 11. Uh, Jordan one just to wear. And the Royal ones was my first pair of shoes actually coming up on the, on the anniversary. I guess it was October 6, 2001, but, uh, uh, I'm gonna say Jordan ones. Nike SB or Air Max. SBs. I don't like Air Maxes at all. I got a pair of 97s I like, but that's the only, I think that's the only Air Max I own. Did you like infrared 90s? Yeah, I love, I love, like when I was in middle school, this kid Dylan had those black, silver, neon 97s, Japan's, and I thought that was one of the sickest shoes ever, so I had to go back and get them. Yeah, I just fell in love with 97s, I, but I love the infrared 90s and, and Air Max 90s in general. Um, Hyperflights or foam posits? Hyperflights, for sure. <laughs> Throwback. Elephant print or leopard print? Oh, Trey knows that answer. Uh, leopard for sure. <laughs> uh, patent leather or suede? Uh, patent leather. Suede looks good in purple, though, and, and in colors, but I'm going to go patent. Yeezy or off-white? Yeezys. I like the off-white Prestos, but that was the only one I ever tried to get, and I haven't really tried ever on the off-white stuff. Hot or iced coffee? Iced always. Pool or the ocean? Uh, probably the ocean, but I don't spend a lot of time in the in the water, really. Yeah. Diddy or JD? Oh, 
Man, our group chat's been arguing randomly about that one. Uh, I'm going to say Diddy, but there's a lot of stuff he probably claims that's a reach. Cause or Murakami? Murakami. Kobe or LeBron? Uh, man. I'm going to say LeBron, but I'm torn on that one. Uh, There's no wrong answer on that. And the last one, uh, the Jordan-Travis Scott collab or Jordan's-Drake collab? Travis Scott. I just got the the brown low tops, and I've been trying to get those for like a year. So uh, that's a great shoe. I'm going to probably throw the pink laces in them. All right. That's the one of the two. See, y'all here talking about that's wealth. That's wealth right there. <laughs> See, it was it was a common blockbuster trade. It was a blockbuster trade. It was a common flex. It's like you know the the purple force. See, everybody ain't got the family and friends. Before before we jump into the the other part of the interview, I want to ask a two part question. How many pairs of shoes do you have? And also, how many pairs of shoes that you think are valued? Let's say over six hundred dollars. Would you? Are you trying to? You want my address too? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, I got some. Got some uh, dog yeah, Trey, I mean, Trey stayed with me for a few months uh, last year, so I mean, it's it's kind of a mess because it's it's probably around seven fifty right now. Yeah, seven hundred fifty pair. Yeah, but I got I got like three different sections in my basement. So I got the donate pile, which I still got to donate a lot of those, and then I got the sell pile, and then I got to keep it. So it's kind of three different parts of the basement, but, um, you know, getting, getting free shoes at the magazine for all those years, we always had a rule. You couldn't sell anything, which kind of backfired because we just all just stockpiled a bunch of stuff from all the brands. So, and then I was always, always picking up stuff too. So it's, it's definitely out of control. Yes. 750 pair of shoes is is insane. (laughs) Trying to get down to like two something, but it's an entire basement stock room, bro. (laughs) So is there like a, like who is there a hierarchy in the shoe? Oh, community? it's all organized. Yeah. yeah so man. there's like Jordan's Nike basketball, Adidas, Reebok. I got Under Armour Curry stuff. I got a whole section of Zoom Flight 95s. And yeah. then upstairs is like the Lamins I always wear on one half of the closet. And then like Jordan Ones and Shake Indestructs and some other stuff like hoop stuff. So it's, it's a lot. It's all over the place. You have a, like a grail room where you put like the special, like, hey, um, these are these are my undies uh m&m four. yeah usually <laughs> usually it's my zoom background so i'm in the hotel right now but uh i got a pair of purple hyper flights a pair of space jams and a pair of uh purple flight clubs that we did for a soul collector collab from from 20, 2009 yeah. that are usually uh on my, at my desk nice nice uh trey your boy uh jerry just broke out some one-on-ones i don't know if you saw it nick the Fukijamas from uh, Entourage. Yes. He just yeah. he put them on his feet for the he first He put them on his feet. They didn't leave the ground. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressive. That was a moment. Yeah, I'm surprised they still held up. Joints is very ancient at this point. But Air Force Ones, I think, I've never seen an Air Force One crumble. I think those are kind of built to last. Yeah, they are. I mean, we see the dirty ones, so I guess, you know, they're indestructible. They're like Tim's at this point. Yeah, they're they are like similar to Tim's. They have that wide like like grip on your foot. They're the festival version of Tim's. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I'll take it that way. All right. Uh going into uh a couple hobbies that you had growing up. 
Yep. Uh, tell us about you playing every random sport ever. Man, so, uh, I mean, I think everybody in the 90s would kind of like this, but for our family, we didn't have video games or cable growing up. And we lived like probably a five-minute bike ride to the park that was next to our elementary school. So, And then there was probably maybe three or four other houses in the neighborhood that each had two boys, one my age and one my brother's age, coincidentally. So we played like everything you could think of, like street hockey, rollerblading, baseball, tennis. Like we were just doing whatever you could. And I think that was like growing up, that, that was the, the most fun thing. Cause I mean, now I think kids just specialize in like you got 10 year olds saying they're a basketball player, but they don't play other sports at all. And I think the nineties was just kind of a whole different era where, you know, you just played everything you could. You had favorite players in every sport. I mean, hoops is probably the only sport I really watch consistently now, but I mean, that was to me the, the best part of childhood was just, just getting out there and playing with all the kids from around the neighborhood. So if you didn't lock in with basketball, what sport would you would have chose? I was on the golf team for one year and terrible. I got a 13, my first hole, my first match. And that was pretty much when I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, I played soccer growing up because my dad was Brazilian. So he made us play, but I was probably the best at baseball. I would say, um, I was a pitcher, short, you know, second base, first base, all that. But uh, baseball was just so slow. So I just never really stuck with it. But I'd probably say baseball. Cool. So it says here that you used to read uh, East Bay every morning with your cereal. First of all, what cereal was your what was your cereal of choice? Most sugary cereal ever. So I, I would have Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, Waffle Crisp was a great innovation that launched when I was in middle school, I think. And then uh, my favorite was uh, frosted mini wheats, but but I, I would crumble, it. but I would crumble Oreos onto the frosted mini wheats. So it was intense. Yeah, I was I was. That's a it. sick commitment. <laughs> first of all, like, I've never heard anybody take the Oreos, crumble them, and put them over. See, now you just kind of made frosted mini wheats a non-old person cereal. Right. Like, I was gonna say like sugary cereal. I wouldn't think of frosted mini. Not, not at all. It and, you know, if they, they had all kinds of frosting on there though. No, yeah. but it wasn't like, you know, once they sit in the milk for so long, they it, get like, a little soggy. it gets yeah. soggy or it's like that grainy wheat taste. Too, I was like doing that. the frosted mini wheats and Oreos probably until I was 25, which is embarrassing. But <laughs> they, was, that was my go to. What, what would y'all say was the actual most sugary cereal? Because I, I, I had a streak where I was loving Cocoa Puffs and that's just pure sugar. For sure. Like what what do you think is a more. Or like I mean, the toast, uh, which call cinnamon toast crunch is pretty sugary too. Yeah. Like that, the, the the milk at the end was all sugar. <laughs> it was all sugar. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I I can't judge you because, I mean, before I went vegan, um, and like for a stretch, I guess through college, I would mix cinnamon toast crunch with frosted flakes, and I don't know how it ha- I don't know how it happened. I, I still to this day don't know how it happened, but it happened. I think I ran out of cereal. Like it literally was just like a little bit left and I just didn't want to toss the bowl. So I ended up pouring the other end and it turned out good. But like now I'm kind of ashamed of it because it's just like sugar on top of sugar. Um, But I'm interested to hear both of you guys top five cereals of all time. Oh, I'd probably say those three. And then, uh, uh, Honey Bunch of the Oats with almonds is my mature cereal. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of the other one. I think it was just called O's or something like that. Okay. That one was great. And then we had all the bootlegs. So, like, that was – we had the cereals we liked, but then we had, like, the big bag, like, the bootleg ones too. 
and we would always get the co- I think they were just called I forget what they were called but it was like the cocoa puff knockoff mm. that was good too Jason yeah, what was your five I would say cocoa puffs um crunch berries um probably the uh honey nut cheerios um uh was uh I, i'm not gonna lie i did fuck with tricks tricks are terrible bro I, that's what i'm saying i know it's not like a popular but i fucked with tricks and then um maybe just like the regular frosted flakes okay so for yeah. me no particular order cinnamon toast crunch oops all berries i don't know why i just i i don't know if it's like the sugar in it or what um cookie crisp fire um nice i liked corn pops i didn't corn, mind corn pops corn pops was corn cool, pops man. cool. Corn pops my, cool. i think there was the advertising <laughs> that sold me on it was the advertising my- <laughs> <laughs> and um what's the name um the, the flintstone joint uh fruity pebbles fruity pebbles fruity pebbles fire listen yeah. and i would i would do a half like 60% hard, 40% soft. So you got to like let it. And then I'm also part of the community that added ice cubes to my milk. Wow. I really liked it cold. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't about to put the milk in the freezer, but I would do that. I, I left out uh, Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks is terrible. Oh my God. Yeah, you know, your taste is kind of wild. Ugh, Jason. <laughs> Jason. You know what? You know what's funny though, Jason? You eating like all. You eating all. Another tr- marshmallows and milk is trash, dog. I used to love that Lucky Charms. I used to tear the motherfuckers up. Listen, man. you first of all, I'm surprised you say kicks. You was naming all the weak. Nah, kicks is weak. Kicks is weak. That's why you crossed the line. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> to, uh, to answer the actual question, I'm trying to think. So, uh, you know, I think we talked about this before, but when I was in middle school and elementary, I had a $40 budget on shoes. And then in high school, it was $50 budget. My mom had like all these very specific like budgets for stuff. And so for me, every morning with my cereal, I was reading the sports page and I was reading East Bay. And I would just, that was how I learned about shoes. I was just every single page. Like I was memorizing the weights. I knew all the models. I was reading all the technologies in there. I was checking out like the volleyball and the hiking shoes, like everything. And then I found out, I think I bought like a goat gear t-shirt. I don't know if remember goat gear, like Earl Manning. Oh, had his oh own yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And I bought, it was like a $14, $14.99 shirt. But when you buy something, then they send you more of the magazine. So I was always like, we didn't buy a lot, but I was always trying to buy like a T-shirt or something once a year to make sure they kept sending more. And that was just how I learned about the industry. And that's how it kind of start, it started for me because, um, you know, I didn't have all the best models growing up. I mean, we had some some heat we found at like Ross and Marshalls and things like that. But um you know, with that budget, I didn't have the Air Penny 2s. And I know Trey had all the crazy heat growing up. I was, you know that, what? We had our budget and that was that. The first person to actually get me in the shoes. I want to credit my Uncle Ronnie, right? Because I was a six and a half for like the longest. Like, I think from like 10 to like maybe 12. And then all of a sudden I get to this like 11. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a crazy jump. And... I remember him having a Zoom flight 95s and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, these shoes, I even know the name. Like, I didn't, I'm like the taxi bubbles. You know what I mean? I'm just calling them something crazy. Like, yo, the taxi bubbles, they hard. Like, I would sneak them on. He's, he's an eight and a half. 
Like at this time, Ronnie's like 16 and I'm putting them on and I'm, I'm not even, I'm like a six and a half. Like I'm nowhere near that, but I'm like just walking around in the room, hopefully before he gets home from school. And um, from there, you know what I mean? Like my obsession with sneakers, you know what I mean? My dad ended up passing away and I had to go to Oregon and I ended up in Portland. I'm, I don't even know where I'm at. It's 1995. Shout out to the MOK, uh, Nike, Nike town is there. My grandma Irma takes me there and she's like, you get to pick five shoes for school. Damn. I'm like five shoes. And I don't really know what these shoes are. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't have the, like the, the, the identification. I knew what Jordans were. So I had to get a pair of Jordans. I'm like, all right, the Jordan I grab is the olive nine. So I get the olive nine and I'm like, yeah. And I knew I seen a commercial with Dion. So I got the diamond turf too. And I had an air Hirachi carnivore. What's the one with the strap? The carnivore, kind of, yeah. I had a carnivore. And then um, it was one more pair of shoes that I had that I just beat to. The, they were like, I think it, it was a tailwind, but it was like one bubble. Yep. It wasn't all the bubbles. You remember how yeah, you yeah, like yeah. had a certain, you had to get to a certain men's size to get Lucky all the day. bubbles. And I come back, I come back home and I get there, I get back before August. Right. So I had like a still window of summer. I wore every shoe every day and was just rotating them. And that got me, Irma was like really responsible for me getting sneakers because my uncle would get shoes. Charlie would get shoes all the time. And as I got older, uh, by like eighth grade, I was buying my own shoes, but like, I couldn't imagine having a 40 to $50 budget. I mean, I would have probably would have made it work, but you know what I'm saying? Like I would cut grass and my mom used to date this dude named Mike and he would take me around and I was making $30 a, a yard. Damn. Yes. And from there, See, I, was, I had to cut grass as part of the household requirements. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I was, so we would go to like Linwood and we would go to, um, like Paramount, South Central and Compton. And I would literally, he had this pickup truck and we would go house to house and he would just sit in the car and smoke his cigar and I would be mowing and he would give me my money. Well, I would make, Nick, I would make like $300, $400. So by the time I'm going school shopping, my boy Tyrone next door to me, tell me about Ross. I never knew about Ross. And he's like, you can, he went to Losinger, And I'm like, What's up? Like, what are we doing? He like, come here. You get your Ralph Lauren Polo shirts, and yeah, then we gonna get chaps. some. And then we gonna get some Ralph. We gonna get some chaps, chaps. right? <laughs> and then you gonna get some Eddie Bauer shirts, and then you gonna get some baggy. Like, I was buying all kind of jeans, and then I would buy shoes. And at that time, I was buying. I, would, I had to have like five pair of jeans, five pair of shoes, five pair of jeans, five pair of shirts, and then I would just rotate. And that's how I kind of got into it. But then it got to a point where. I wanted to be cool and ninth grade early. And I just start getting every, I couldn't miss a release. I would beg my grandma, like, Hey, they come out on Wednesday. And I'm letting you know now that I'm leaving school to go get them. Like I'm going to leave. <laughs> I would wear an outfit and Jason, you, you probably know about it. Like LA. It's a little, I, I mean, Nick, you could explain Sacramento compared to LA, but like I would dress matching the sneaker that's coming out yep i probably would wear something that was cool but it didn't match and and i would go and go get them you know what i'm saying so like i'm like oh and you think about it like the ones the ones were like 65 dollars, and nobody wanted them we had this dude phil and dave they went and got the space jams on wednesday and just came back to school with them yeah easy call that was that was one of the easiest pickups i forget if that was i want to say that was like the last wednesday launch 
I would believe it. I mean, it was yeah, pretty I, dangerous I, too, man, because people were like getting robbed for that stuff. And, and you really think about it, like, and I was getting two pairs. I literally was playing in a pair and then I was wearing a pair. And then like my best friend Donald at the time, like was just like, yo, like, you know, you know, you go somewhere with the homie and you just kind of like, you just wearing a bunch of shit. He's like, yo, can I wear these? Now think about it now. Like somebody said, hell nah, but I'd be like, here, go ahead. You know what I mean? Because everybody didn't want them. Like, I didn't trip off ones like that. I'm like, I'm going to play in them. They loud. They got grip. I'm flat-footed. They work. I'm not, if they knew Jordans, I didn't know nothing about retro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't look at, I look at, I used to look at the card and wish that certain ones would come out. Yep. And then they finally started coming out and it was just like, all right, I got to have them. You know what I mean? So they start cross-platforming with the current. Do kids, um, do kids still share the way that we used to share? Because I feel like we used to share like basketball shorts and shoes. Oh, you're talking like clothes? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, in middle man. school, we were sharing stuff all the time. Oh, <laughs> like, man. You remember like, the Michigan, the Michigan Jordan, the Jordan team ones? Mm-hmm. Like the white navy with the yellow. Like I had all my Michigan stuff on, got to school, traded shoes. Like, oh, that's fire. Yeah, yeah. we, you know, that was that was probably the first pair of Jordans I ever wore, actually, even though it was a team Jordan. And then, you know, uh, you know I had a had, secret beef with some guys that traded. Oh, Cause really? I was because I was best dressed. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, remember the NBA jackets came out with the nylon, the like the poly would have that logo yeah, on the back. Yeah. I had three. So it was one guy that was coming to school and he had every I'm like, bro, no way. Like, what, are you, <laughs> what are you doing? And I found out that they was rotating jackets. And I was like, look, I told y'all, I told y'all I got more clothes than him. <laughs> like, shouldn't have mattered. You try to get him disqualified from best Yes, yes, bro. <laughs> yes, bro. I, I had, you know, I was petty, man. I didn't care. He's my man to this day. But, like, that was crazy. I used to be hot because people would be comparing us, like. Yo, you ain't got more don't gear. Compare, don't compare me to these niggas that sharing clothes. Son. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't disrespect me, bro. I got, I'm really out here. You know what I'm saying? I got Burberry buckets. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here. I remember when the uh, knock itself out, Jada Kiss at the Air Force Ones. I got them. We ordered, this is before scamming, we ordered a Gucci purse and, and took it to the Carson Mall and had the guy cut it out and stitch it on my forces. And I had a black with a brown Gucci check monogram on it. And I had a bucket, a Gucci bucket. Probably like, that probably was like a $400 bucket in high school. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm wow. wearing it with a, a ridiculous size white tee. I mean, black tee, 4X tall pro club with some size 40 um, jean shorts. Bro, I never forget, like, when that shit was popping, I had a Gucci bucket that I used to wear all the time, the monogram bucket. And I had a Russian homie named Miles who used to love to wear his Burberry Tims. Now, that was a nasty time when they were wrapping, yeah. wrapping shoes. Like, yeah, like uh, it was, like, but it was so like popping because I, because all right, here's the other part to the story though. <laughs> That's funny. So I had got, so I had the bucket, which was real. But I think I got the I had some matching white and like, um, you know, whatever the Gucci color, like black and gray uh, Air Forces that I got from the SWAT meet. And so I thought that they were real. But I remember being in the car one time and I had on like an outfit and then like like Dom said something to me, like like basically clown me for like, you're like, man, them shoes ain't even real. And I'm like, wait, are they? And I and I realized that I was not sure. So I was like, damn, I can't wear these anymore. Like, cause it was because you know, when people were 
putting all that stuff on the on the shoes like unless you brought them to peace like you said like you didn't know if the gucci was real or not yeah. like you just kind of was like all right like niggas is sell you know niggas used to come up to school trying to sell shoes like oh you want these blah 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 it's like i got that. And, and you and you're a little younger than us too so you caught that bathing ape he caught the remember. <laughs> I mean, not the baby, baby name. What was the name of the jeans? Red monkey jeans. Red remember monkeys. that? Remember yeah. that that era where like, like like they were oh, being man. sold out of trunks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we missed bro, that, bro. Thing. I was selling. I was selling niggas iceberg. <laughs> like I was selling. Like uh, I had a pair of like Apollo jeans, and like uh, who was the other uh, character? I think I had some Daffy Daffy Duck jeans. I sold some iceberg to somebody for. Like in school, so nah, it was like it was a different time. I wonder, I wonder if kids are like moving, moving the product the same way we were back then. I, mean, I just actually overheard a kid talk about like a dating spot. He was, it was on Twitter. He was like, My little brother asked me, Where should he take this girl? I remember taking a girl to Denny's and I was the man. Like, <laughs> taking a girl to Denny's was like a grown man date. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I took her to Lakewood Denny's. Like, you know, you know, not the Lakewood Denny's. Hey, that, that meal total <laughs> probably was like forty dollars. That's a lot in high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This kid talking about Javier's, right? Like, it's just a different type of like life. Like, I I couldn't imagine the, the stress from the parents and what their plans are. Like, could you imagine being in class and uh, your teacher say something to you and you could just go on social media and just light your teacher up and get them fired? The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche, stuck under this avalanche of things I have to do and people I have to see and people I've got to talk to, Zoom meetings and emails. Hell, even this ad that I'm recording right now, I forgot that I had to do it. I'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine. It's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself. Do you feel like that? If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, guess what? You're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It can be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great. It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist, and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. 
It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with, and they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. Like, you can do anything now. Like, imagine having having phones in class and being able to tweet something or say something or text somebody something crazy, like, like a picture or something. Like, we could text, but they wasn't letting you, like, rock with your phone like that back in the day. I remember Trey had uh, all the sidekicks or whatever, but I got my first cell phone the day I left for college. So it was that was that was that. You didn't have no cell phone in high school? Nope. My mom gave me her phone on Fridays when I went to play at Boys and Girls Club, but that was it. That is so so wild. Was you on AIM or what? I had instant. We had because so that was the other thing. We were on dial ups back then. Yeah. Yeah. So you you dial it up, go make a sandwich, come back, and then you'd be on AIM, and that was the only way to talk to anybody. Right. You <laughs> didn't have a cell. That's sick. Yeah. That shit is crazy. My first, I had a pager. I had all that shit. So, like, really just thinking about it, too. Like, I remember having a sidekick in class senior year, right? And it was the black and white one. So, you you know, it's grayscale. It's no color. I have no one to talk to. Everybody in class, who I'm going to call? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nobody else that got one. I'm 18, so I'm turning 18, you know, that January before we graduate. I got like four or five months left. All right. I use my credit on that. That's my very first credit purchase with the T-Mobile Psychic, and I'm sitting there like, all right, you know, like, cool. And I had a Nextel, and I'm just like thinking I need these grown man responsibilities for no reason. <laughs> like, nobody was doing nothing. Like, I still don't understand this. What was the – but, like, to pivot from there – what was the most embarrassing moment that happened to you in high school? Oh, man. So I was like, I was pretty shy. I mean, I, I just played ball and that was it. Um, but senior year, we had like a senior night after the graduation. Mm-hmm. I was just telling this story recently because I forgot how it even went down. But uh, long story short, they had a hypnotist. And I got hypnotized in front of everybody. It was, you know, like 400 people or whatever at the high school. And I was like doing crazy stuff. Like I was playing, like he had me playing like a saxophone. Oh, wow. He had like, there was one part where like he told me it was over. But then every time I went back to my seat, like the seat was like boiling hot, I thought. So I would like not sit down in it and like try to trade people. Like it was, he had me looking crazy and like people were just clowning me forever about it. (laughs) It was for sure. I mean, I was fully hypnotized too. Like we would go to the state fair every summer and loved watching the hypnotist as a kid. But I always wondered, like, is it fake? Are they just, like, clowning around whatever? And it was weird. Like, I was fully hypnotized. He was having me do whatever he wanted. And so, wait, he- when, <laughs> when you snapped out of it, like, what was, <laughs> what was that feeling like? Well, but that was the thing. He kept he kept faking you out. Yeah. So, like, you would think it was over, but he still had you. Yeah. So, so hypnotism like, is real? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Because, like, you know, they start with, like, 20 people, and they, like, 
you know, weed people out that aren't, aren't getting into it or whatever. But then it was probably like maybe five or six of us that he stayed on the stage and kept on there. And like, I was by far the best, like the most hypnotized, I guess. So like at one point, I mean, you know, you, you know, you remember 007, of course. Yeah. Um, so like at one point he told me I was in double, I thought I was in 007. So I'm like going like, you know, everybody's like all lined up in all the chairs. And so I'm like going down the rows, and like pointing my finger gun out. Like it was great. Nah, nah, that's cooked, dog. Then, I would, he, then he said, uh, he said like slappers only at one point. So we didn't have our gun anymore. Like it was, it was crazy. Um, and I, I vividly remember like that whole night. Cause it was just like a funny ass. Like, I mean, it was probably like an hour long. We were up there. Damn. So when, but when you came to though, it was like, Oh, it was embarrassing, man. Cause he, he could, uh, he could snap you out of it. Cause he would say like, all right, stop or whatever. And then you'd be like in the middle of the auditorium with like your gun finger out <laughs> and you'd be like, Oh, what, what, what's going on? You know? <laughs> so, but then he could get you back into it. So it was, it was weird. I'd never done it since I was the only time, but. It, it for sure worked. I'll See, never I, ne- I never, I never, I never believed it. I was like, "No, nah, that shit fake, man." I know, because we used to go to state fair all the time, and I would always think that. But it was, I mean, people were doing crazy stuff there too. But that tied to me was the funniest one, man. It was, it was hilarious. Jason, how about you? The most embarrassing. Um, man, <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, I had a couple, but I'll tell you one. Uh... <laughs> there was one that just went through your head that you realized you didn't want to tell. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm not telling. But no, nah, there's one. Um, basically, uh, the homie Anton, he he ripped me in the middle of. Uh, oh, my in God. The, in the middle of. So if you ever been to Fairfax High School, like yeah. like this. So in the middle of like the quad area, like where all the grass is and all that, there's like a stage and everything. And so like in high school it was it was like a quintessential high school where it's like very divided it's like the jocks the geeks the blah 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 like everybody's kind of like has their own little quadrant they stay over there you know but if you're in the middle of the round like everybody can kind of see you so we're like over there snapping on each other and like you know part of it is i forgot exactly like what it was oh it's like yeah if you put the little circle below your waist and you oh, look, yeah. then somebody can rip you. And so, um, and so it went from like, like these like rips to like slapping the back of your neck. So we had progressed to the back of the neck slap. So it was like, whenever somebody got you, it was, they would be like, give me that neck. And so like, <laughs> That sounds crazy now, too. Yeah, no, but this is how wild we were like back then. You know what I'm saying? So that's your Rosario Dawson moment. Right. So, <laughs> so literally in the middle of lunch, you know what I'm saying? On a fucking Tuesday, it's a thousand kids outside. Like he gets me in front of everybody. And this nigga's like six to like 220, you know, like a big dude. And I'm like 135 pounds five six and he slaps the fucking back of my neck so hard like and it just like made this loud ass sound and and it was almost like in the movies where everybody goes like scoots back like like literally everybody in the whole school went ooh, and it was like there was no running away at that moment like i just got publicly embarrassed so yeah i just uh i just remembered another one too i was doing a panel at Under Armour a couple years back 
and they told us the questions ahead of time, but then they, of course, asked other questions. And the dude, one of the dudes, uh, the moderator said, when did you realize you weren't going to play in the NBA? And it was like a funny ass, like way of saying it. Cause obviously everybody's dream is to be an NBA player. And I was like, Oh damn. Well, I was like, I got, I got dunked on sophomore year in high school. And it was the first time in Sacramento B history, the dunk of the year at the end of the new, like I'm re- literally reading the Sacramento B at the end of the season. And it's like the high school awards or whatever. And it's like dunk of the year, Jesuit high school, Pat Hansen. And I'm like, Oh shit. That was the time I got dunked on. And it was the dunk of the year. And, and like, that embarrassment just shadowed it down. That's crazy. I mean, it was like, you remember uh, when MJ dunked on tree Rollins yeah. and like Charles Oakley's like pointing at him. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was basically guarding the inbounder. And it was a baseline inbound. And uh, they had set up back screen. And this guy, Pat, like basically he was at the elbow and came down and got a two-hand lob over the backboard. Like the pass was crazy. It was like the first Jay Crowder, like over the backboard type pass. Yes, wow. And I, so I basically saw the pass and then basically took like two steps in. And I was in the, like basically the restricted area at that point. And all I see is this dude just like coming all like two hands over me. And he was like six two, but everybody like he was like a legend around town because he had like a 45 inch vert in high in high school. Like I've never seen anybody jump higher than this dude. Like he was like a prolific dunker as like a sophomore. So we're running back up the court and uh, his boy is just like pointing at me, laughing at me the whole way back down. And I was like, damn, I, this is probably not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't handle that embarrassment. Yo, my most embarrassing story, I was in ninth grade. I'm so locked in. Remember the CD Sport Walkman, the yellow and black one? Yep. That one that has no, like, anti-skip. Anti-skip. They would say 40 seconds. You didn't even know what the time meant, but it was yeah. the anti-skip. I'm locked in the country grammar. I'm listening to Nelly. Like, I'm locked in. I'm on the, but I used to have this nasty backpack. I'm talking about I had a handle on the back. It's like a camper backpack. It was long. It was red and black. I don't know why I, I rocked with it. It was my first little joint. I'm in ninth grade. So I got homies that live in the neighborhood that go to school with us, that kept, caught the bus with us. Nobody's telling me that on the, um, while I'm at the bus stop, they're putting trash on the back of my backpack and just stacking it and stacking it like flattened ass Capri Suns and leaves and broken pencils and i'm not even knowing bro but like they're stacking into it you know how them people be sleeping they be stacking shit on their head (laughs) like that's how that shit was stacking on my backpack so we finally get to school we get to dominguez i get off the bus the first step all that shit just fall on my backpack i look back like yo i've really been sitting there like that and the whole bus was laughing at me they let me go that's a crazy thing i was so locked into the, the music they let me get off first. It's so, like pretty so girls was, on you there. Was, you was riding the bus with your backpack on. Yes, dog. <laughs> like I was so locked in. I'm talking about it's like, it's there. I'm just like, you know what I mean? And I'm like five, six, five, seven, bro. I'm just happy to just be like going to high school. Cause I went to private school like all the rest of the other year. So I'm like free dress. I'm cool. I'm starting to like girls even more. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm locked in. You know, I'm over here smelling like Izzy Miyaki. I'm thinking I'm cool. I got a whole heap of trash on me, dog. Shit was crazy. I, I was like, I wanted to hey, cry. That was, my eyes was really it? welled up. Man, I why remember that. I was going to say that album was like, obviously iconic at the time, but we had our basketball conditioning at the time that, that fall or whatever. And that's like this one dude who was the star. He would just have it on repeat whenever we had our workouts. 
And I'll never forget because uh, he had somebody was like holding a player or so, like some little portable player. We had to do this like jog. And we got literally three blocks around the corner from the school. And his boy came over, picked him up and just dropped him off at the last, like the last stop. That's crazy. Did <laughs> so he get caught by the coach? The we, well, coach, he, the coach wasn't on the run. Oh, man. Like we had to run like two and a half miles around the whole, basically like the whole neighborhood. So then we'd, so he'd be waiting at the last, like three blocks before the end. It'd be like where it comes up onto the main street, back to the school. So I, I always remembered that because his boy was like playing it out the car and they were like driving. They were like, I think they were driving alongside of us, but then went to the end of it. And nobody snitched? Nothing. Of course not. He was like, you know, he averaged like 24 a game or whatever. Like, That's what are we going to say? Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> nah, I would have fought. I would have fought. Why do why do we think it was cool or necessary to wear cologne in high school? The last cologne I wore was eighth grade dance, Michael Jordan cologne. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I bought I bought a full set recently off eBay, but uh I know Trey got all his little, you know, six or seven arsenal I, colognes. I but. took over his whole bathroom, dog. <laughs> it was like all these colognes lined up and stuff. He's like, you really need all that. I found one that works. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just found one that works, bro. I know people that's consistent like that, but that's hilarious. Uh man, we could talk about high school all day. Uh but we had a question that we asked all our guests, Nick. What advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm doing what I wanted to do when I was 15. When I, like, the week I got dunked on, I always joke. Like, I pretty much told myself I was going to write for Slam Magazine after that. Um, you know, the first issue of, of Kicks Magazine came out when I was in middle school. Uh, I still wear, wear a rubber band on my wrist because that's what KG had on the cover. And I just always, like, that was, you know, Russ Bankston and on the Scoop Jackson, the whole slam team. You know, those guys were the first, I would say, along with Bobito Garcia to write about sneakers and show that that could be done. So um, when, when I was 18, that's all I wanted to do, too. So I went up to Oregon to be in the journalism school and knew that that was, you know, because I, I had read it in, in Kicks Magazine. I knew that's where Adidas and Nike were at. And it was just a matter of kind of building that roadmap from there. But. I probably would have said to have a little more fun. I don't know if I had too much fun in high school. I was kind of like a little too serious, probably. Um, I wasn't the class clown like Trey was, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I think that I think it's paid off. Hey, no, no, you know, I was (laughs) I was literally just sitting on Nike talk, reading about shoes all day long and and playing pickup ball, getting in arbitrary fights at the rec center. So, you know, it was it was fun regardless uh, at that time. But um yeah, I mean, I, I I don't really have too many complaints, you know, so I don't know if there's, like, particular advice just because, you know, it kind of worked out for the best uh, as it did. A second question. For someone trying to get into a field like yours, speaking to the next generation, yep. what advice would you give them? Yeah, so that was the other thing, too, was, you know, I always joke the first place I wrote was Nike Talk, you know, which was a sneaker message board that's still around now 20 years later, but um, – you know, Shout I think Nike talk, man, not to. Yeah. You. you know, it was like, that's, that's where you saw the leaks. That's where, you know, this is before Instagram, obviously by, by a decade, at least. Um, so, you know, that was, that was the spot. And I met a lot of super close friends on there that, you know, I'm friends with to this day. So it was just a great community. Um, and then same for the soul collector forums. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is it's not bad to specialize and be an expert in your field. So I didn't want to just write about basketball. I knew a lot of people did that and I didn't want to just write about, you know, the Lakers beating the Warriors or whatever happened. And I wanted to be as specific as possible. So that's why, you know, writing about sneakers and, and trying to 
give readers hopefully something they can't get elsewhere, whether that's an interview or a quote or, you know, a, a detail about, you know, somebody signing a new deal or, or just kind of access. Um, I think that's the, the number one thing I always try to uh, try to harp on, on people that are coming up as writers. Cause you know, I'm not the best writer, but if you can get information in a story that you can't get elsewhere, then that's, that's the value in it. So um, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And then I always joke too. I was a, I call it an email gunslinger. So I found out that at Nike, everybody's email is just their first dot last name at Nike.com. And I was just emailing people all the time, trying to just get advice and make connections. And, and now with, you know, Twitter, Instagram, you know, every, you could get in touch with anybody. Um, so I always encourage kids to like reach out to people and not to ask for a job, but just to develop a relationship and try to, you know, get advice from people as well. And, and, and hopefully that's something that could pay off down the road with, with that connection. Because I think a lot of a lot of this industry and a lot of sports is about, you know, it obviously is who you know, as the phrase goes. Um, so that's a, that's a huge piece. Well, well, Nick, this has been a great episode. It's been fun talking to you outside of the group chat. Yep. Uh, <laughs> or, or actually sit at dinner or some other shit. Um, and, you know, you gave some solid advice for, you know, future up and coming sneaker lovers or uh and also how to choose your uh career early on in life yeah hopefully you don't get dunked on but i think you know it's, it's good in high school to be thinking ahead like that too because you want to just kind of think of those building blocks and those steps that that can get you where you want to go absolutely well thanks again appreciate it thanks fellas growing up the same wins the game <laughs>